What's up, Conroe? You're listening to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's probably me. Yeah, I mean... I mean, if you're if you're going process of elimination, yeah, we've already named one person on this show, right? And, and I'm the other person. Oh, okay. So there's two people, and I I'm one, and then I named a second. Yeah, I think it's you. All right, cool. That's, that feels right. Anyway, you're listening to us on 104.5, 106.1. They are the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com, and you can check us out at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's or, one. It's one sentence. Wow, man, I like that. That took the wind right, right out of the me. sails. That boat is sunk now. No, <laughs> and no. intro done. And Boom. we're over. Um, this is Nerd Thug Sports, and this is where we talk about all of the sporting events happening around the world. Well, mainly in America, because around the world, uh, they're playing sports like cricket that we are not interested in yet. Yeah. Joey's, not, Joey's really into it, though. Yeah. Not that I care. We're going to move right past that. We can make a long list of things Joey's into that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like wrestling. <laughs> like your whole show. <laughs> you have a whole show dedicated to it. I was on it. I'm going to be on it. That's true. That's true. That's true. You're going to be with us tomorrow on Nerd Thug Wrestling. Also, Connor Crunk will be with us. Make sure to check that out. Yeah. Um, interesting story. That's, that's very interesting. I don't, know why, I don't know why I made poopy noises to that, because I like Nerd Thug Wrestling. Actually, I like wrestling, but... Yeah, he is. He's getting real hard into the cricket. Um, you know what I think? He got excited about the million dollars thing. That's what. I think. Right. Yeah. He he got excited about that. I'm gonna play cricket now. Yeah, for a million dollars. I mean, I'll do anything. <laughs> the list of things I won't do for a million dollars is real tiny, real short, real small. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it includes dying. I I didn't say that. <laughs> well, I did mine not does. Say that. If I believe that you're gonna bring me back, I'll probably let you kill me for a million dollars. Like, if someone wanted, if somebody wanted to drown me. And then they pull me out and they CPR, which has a pretty good recovery rate as long as, like, if trained professionals are right there. I'm cool with that. You're okay with dying underwater and then them reviving you on land? Yeah, like, I, well, not like in the ocean, like in a bathtub. Oh, okay. Like with the medics right there. Fair enough. Yeah. And, like, I'll probably still struggle because it's going to freak me out. I'll freak out. But for, like, a million bucks? I mean, do you, do you, do you ever, like, play the pass out game as a kid? Uh, no, because I don't want to give myself brain damage. Yeah, we didn't know brains could get damaged back then. We had no concept of that. Uh, like, people were talking about stuff, and you were like, yeah, whatever, our brains are just make me go night-night again. Um, yeah, uh, I might be retarded now. That might be a thing. Um, but no, it's, listen, I do, I do, I do believe for a million dollars, I'd probably let someone drown me. But, like, as long as, like, I already saw the EMTs there and everything. Soon as you're under the water, they just <laughs> leave. <laughs> turn around and go. Nothing I can do about that. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be fun. And then like a moment of like sheer panic, also. And like I used to work at a water park, and maybe that's part of my like jadedness to it. Is that uh, in the six years I worked there, uh, they had zero fatalities, and I, I believe they've still to this point. Like, in the entire run of the park, have had zero fatalities. Oh, okay. So I was going to uh, be like, is there, like, a horror story? Like, or no, like right after, you're like, I worked there for six years, and on the seventh, someone on died. the seventh year. There's always, like, dumb rumors I would always hear about it. Uh, I guess we'll name drop. They've actually changed the name now. Six Flags just opened, uh, repurchased it. Again? Again. You know what's weird? Uh, it's it, And it's really drove me crazy in all the articles I read about it. Not a single article mentioned that Six Flags sold the park 10 years ago and just rebought it now. Like, 
all of the articles were like Six Flags purchased Splashtown and I, or whatever it's called, whatever it was called. It's going to be Hurricane Harbor again. Oh, okay. Uh, but like Six Flags owned this park already once and sold all the water parks. Right. They, they had this once before. <laughs> yeah. This is just buying back what they owned, not getting anything new. Yeah, and when I drove by and I saw the new signage and it says Six Flags Hurricane Harbor, I was like, wait, they can't. Wait a minute. I was like, we can't be Hurricane Harbor. That's a C- Or it just said Hurricane Harbor, and I was like, that's a Six Flags thing. We can't be Hurricane Harbor. And uh, I said, we, like I'm still there. And then uh, I started pulling stuff up, and it was like Six Flags purchased uh, Splashtown from uh, Park, whatever it's called. And I was like, you mean repurchase? <laughs> You mean rebought this? And none of the articles say that. Not a single article says repurchase. Uh, really kind of drives me crazy. Um, yeah. So anyway, how you been, man? How's your week going? I've uh, been all right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything fun? Not really. Okay. Good. Good. Moving Just, on. You know. No, I don't care anymore. I already asked. All right. Cool. You said no. What about you? Uh, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff, but I won't tell you any of it because you're a terrible conversationalist. Oh, uh, perfect. There you go. See? Well, that's what happens when you're really boring. <laughs> <laughs> when you're very much interested in your own world, it's, yeah. like, it's like, oh, what would you do today? <laughs> I might have brain damage. Now that I'm thinking about it, like the further <laughs> the we pass out game, the further we go to this conversation, the more and more I'm fairly certain I do have brain damage. Um, I do want to point out that baseball season is almost upon us. Right, ready for the next decade of baseball before yep. the, before the great two months of rest, and then the next great decade of baseball. It's weird to think, right? So, like, I think opening day is a week away. So, I think April first, uh, home opener for the Astros, I believe, is the second week of April. But April, somewhere in this first, this is technically the season's already been opened. Oh, it's already there. We're already here. Technically, because the Mariners and somebody else Oakland maybe they played the home opener in Japan no they played the season opener in Japan a week ago nice <laughs> um in the states no one has started baseball yet <laughs> this the season is open we've already had two uh, we'll get back to it though right uh, I'm, I'm kind of busy this week we, uh, we've had two regular season games already both between the Mariners and the A's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, the weird thing is the rest of the teams are still finishing up their rosters, like finishing their call-ups and stuff. And yeah, they're still, still writing it down. There's This is the definition of do your homework. Like, right. Right as you're walking to class, like, oh, I got to finish my roster real fast, actually. Yeah, oh, oh, today, huh? Uh, like, end of the day? Oh, oh, we played a game yesterday. Oh, okay. That's well, I'm changing my roster now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, you know, the the rest of the league is still calling, like, finishing. They're like, they're literally the other day there was somebody playing in a in a triple A game, and the team got to come tell him that he needs to go to the bench because he's now on a different team. He's now stepping up to the majors, and so like that's what I mean by when I tell you that like literally rosters aren't finished yet, but. There's already been two regular season games. They couldn't just they couldn't wait to get started on their 395 games. Well, uh, okay, so it's a 162 game season, and I think part of this is Japan has become such a huge baseball is basketball is enjoying growth, and football would love to be. Baseball is the world's game. It it should be soccer, but in America we just don't care. We just don't care. No, it's 
uh, I mean, we're so, we're so we we care so little. We didn't even make it to the World Cup last time. And bro. honestly, like the ratings didn't move for the World Cup. I think actually the ratings went up a little bit, which is kind of embarrassing. Right. Which I mean, it was totally worth it because it was actually a really good World no, Cup. No, it was a great World Cup, but it's sort of embarrassing for us as a nation, as a soccer participant, like that. Not only were the ratings better without us in it, but that we didn't even like. We missed it, like... We missed it, and people still watched it. We missed it with still other qualifications to come. Like, other teams didn't know if they were going to make it or not, and we already knew we were out. Literally, like, all we had to do was tie. And and not only did that not happen, but then things we didn't think would happen happened, and even that tie might not have been good enough by the end of the day, if you remember. Oh, true, true. Yeah, because I think somebody won by, like, seven goals or something, and that, and that screwed up all the differentials. So we would have had to have won, which we probably even wouldn't have done. Like, it was... It was a joke. Well, considering we lost, uh, we, yeah. we definitely didn't win. Right. So it just became like this big joke. But so for America, as far as America views the world, baseball is the prism through which we are judged. And so Japan has its own set of league and teams and all sorts of stuff. And they've there have been Japanese players who have made it to the majors and all sorts of other things, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it felt, and this was Ichiro, who is by far the most famous Japanese baseball player Ever in America. Uh, Ichiro got to play two more games. Nice. Um, and, but I don't like, he's 41, 42. And I thought he had retired, but it seems like he just, um, what they're saying is he just asked to work in the front office but didn't officially retire, and so that's why he got to play these two games. <laughs> I but love like, it. I thought last year, I thought I had read that he had retired, retired, and instead, apparently, just middle of the season, he was like, I don't... Nah, I'm going to go back for a minute. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of what happened there. Um, Catch so, a couple more dollars, play a couple more games. I guess so, right? Like, I guess it's just so nice. I mean, and somebody like Ichiro, who's got such a storied career i guess it's kind of easier for them to be like yeah that's fine it's like gordy howe was like i want to play more more hockey right you'd be like yeah sure no problem dude but if gordy howe also said hey i think i want to i think i want to coach you'd probably fire your coach right you'd be like no problem doug yeah man we got it well i mean that's kind of what he did he worked front office for a while and then he was like like, i'm gonna play hockey again you know i miss i miss playing all right right. there you go um so we, we got about two minutes here uh, obviously, I think the Astros are probably favorites to win it. Um, they're at least in the really great conversation to win it. They did. Um, they've done some things right here that I was excited about as far as taking care of players. Also, still saving money in sort of a weird way. Yes and no. All right, so check out this math here. Alex Bregman was he got a hundred thousand dollar raise to six hundred thousand dollars, and really the team didn't have to do that. Keep in mind, Alex Bregman, though, almost was the MVP of the league. Right. Was legitimately involved in the voting for that. Um, but he was going to be under team control for two more years. So that means they could pay him the 600000 maybe give him a little bit of a raise. He, he might have been able to make seven hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand two years from now. And then he would have had two years of arbitration. And arbitration would have been, you you take your body of work, and the team takes their logic of what they want to pay you to a lawyer, and the lawyer picks a number, uh-huh. and whatever the number is, you have to pay, or you have to let them leave. 
So arbitration, he probably would have gotten between ten and fifteen million. That's pretty average for arbitration for good players. So at that point, he'd be at like thirty-two million, and then his first, then that after that fourth year, he could have been a free agent. So they gave him a hundred million dollars and five years. So ah. they get one year of his free agency now. So they don't have to make another decision on him for a while. But he gets a lot more money up front. Instead of being two years away from making $30 million, he gets to make probably 15 to 20 this year, and it probably escalates every year. Um, but the opportunity now is just for him to focus on baseball. Instead of having to do anything else to make other money and chase other endorsements and stuff, here is good, crazy professional money. Plus, we just bought all the drama out of your first year of free agency. Right, all the tenures. So it'll be five years before they have to make another choice on him. I thought that was kind of a good move. Yeah. They got Verlander for a couple more years, and I thought I read that they gave Garrett Cole a deal, I think. I need to double-check that. But if so, those were the basically like the big question marks for the next year or so. But now those are solved. Right. I think that I'd still like to have another starting pitcher there, but... They're in the conversations. They're they're going to have a, a, a season to remember, I feel like. Um, we'll see, though. When we come back, I, I want to talk some uh, AAFL, uh, Netflix Sports. The Adventure Begins. Comics, games, and more is now officially open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. This Saturday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! And next Saturday, they've got Pokemon, and those are going to alternate every weekend after that. And coming up next week, check out Hellboy Day on March 23rd with freebies available, including Hellboy buttons, bookmarks, amongst other things. Make sure to make this place your new store and open a pool box with The Adventure Begins. They're offering a 10% discount for a limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. So if you're an X-Men guy, they'll hold your X-Men for you. So get on 1488 and enter the nerd vana you deserve where the adventure begins. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, if you're not him, I don't really care. Right. I'm not going to, like, investigate it. Right. Um, so we wanted to talk a little AAF. Uh, I was going to say, I, I've been calling it the AAFL, and I just reread that they dropped the league, like, from their name. I'm trying to go Prince here and, like, change it up. Um, so they're just the All-American football. 
Right. Aren't they the like the Alliance of the, American Football? Yeah, I was going to was like, don't they have like a cheesy like they're yeah. called like the Alliance. The Alliance of American Football. AAF. Yeah. Wrap your brain around that. Amazing. Uh so they uh, they were in the news today and I think this is all kind of publicity stunts. I think the last couple things have been publicity stunts that you heard about these guys. Um we sort of talked about it briefly a couple weeks ago when it happened. Yeah, something about them not meeting payroll, right? Or like okay. not having enough money. All right. See, so here's the thing. I don't believe that. You don't think it's true? No, I don't think so. Um they were Okay, so here's I'm going to we're going to start here and then we're going to kind of work our way back. All right. Um, the, the, the headline on ESPN says the AAF in jeopardy of folding says majority owner. When you read his quote, that's not what he says. Are you ready? Uh, the guy's name is Tom Dundon and he became the AAF chairman's last, the AAF's chairman last month. He told USA Today Sports in a recent interview that the NFL Players Association is not cooperating, cooperating with the AAF and is refusing to allow first year league to use young NFL players. Okay, so basically they're not they're not allowing young NFL players to go to the AFL or right, AAF? correct, correct. So and we're, so his quote is: "If the players' union is not going to give us young players, we can't be a developmental league." Dundin told USA Sports, "We are looking at our options, one of which is discontinuing the league." So does it sound like they're in danger of folding? No, it sounds like if we're not going to be able to use young players, then how are we supposed to develop any sort of talent? So what's the point of the league, thus the dismantle? Right. It doesn't sound like they're in danger of anything. It sounds yeah, like what he's trying like to do is he's trying to make his point to the media. Right. He, he's trying to negotiate via the media. So what's clearly happened? So one of the pitches of the AAF, and one of the reasons I said I think it will be a success, is... The practice squad guys of the NFL will then get to come to this league and be given the opportunity to start to to play and get time to get reps in to be coached to be shown the professional way to do things so that they get oppor- they get film they get opportunity because right now how uh, practice squad guys get to the big team is injury, injury. yeah. If if uh, if enough people are hurt, I gotta activate one injury of my injury or mistakes from other people. Right, but mistakes are like, and, and not even mistakes. Yes, like if the mistakes are bad enough where they cut a guy, yes, then they're like, okay, well, I need to activate my fifth running back, so I'll go to my practice squad guy and I'll tell him he starts to dress. And even then, he doesn't dress on Sundays; he just dresses during practice and all that. Like it's a it's a real raw deal to be like the fifth string anything because you only dress most teams dress. I think I think the NFL it's forty six or forty eight now. Um, you have a 52-man active roster, so there's already four guys who work all week and then get told, uh, don't put the pads on Sunday. Oh. So, like, there's always a couple guys standing around in sweats who aren't hurt, who are jumping around and celebrating and being all excited. They're the four guys who didn't get the dress that week. Um, and so when you're practice squad fifth-string running back, that that's probably you. That's probably you. Um, and so what AAF was wanting was to give those guys opportunity, get some tape, get a chance to get out there, Give people looking at you, give people a second to see you, give you a second glance, give you more opportunities. Because let's also be clear, and I think this is the key, the NFL isn't the only place people can get paid to play football. There's Canadian football. Uh, there's semi-pro leagues all around the country. Um, there's arena football. But NFL is the biggest. NFL is the biggest. That's fine. But 
not the only one. But it's, they're not the only one. So if I'm practice squad guy and I'm getting forty grand to be in the to be NFL practice squad guy, if I gotta pack up and move to do that, that might not be my choice with these other places. Right. With other options that I have available to me, why would I do that? Maybe I'll go to the AAF and I'll start. But what the AAF wants is access to the practice squad players. Because this is a talent pool between the NFL and the AAF that is screaming for an opportunity. And what the AAF really wants is a partnership with the NFL. What, what the AAF really, 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 really wants, the reason their team names are so cheesy and their colors are so ugly, but that they hired professional coaches, is because they want to affiliate with teams. So let's... There's 32 NFL teams. Let's say right now in the AAF, I think there's 10 teams or 12 teams. Let's say they bump up to 16 at some point. What would happen is NFL teams would share an expansion team or, or developmental team. So the Texans and the Cowboys, per se, would co-own access to the players for that of a team. Texas team for the AAF. And so that's how hockey did it forever. So every hockey franchise was sharing a minor league team with another team, and so both teams had access to the same pool of 20 players, blah, blah, blah. And so what you would do is you would want you would want to see certain skills taught to your developmental team that would translate to both teams. Hey, we both zone block. We both do this. So you want the, the developmental team to do that. In order to get to that point, though, the developmental league, hypothetically, that exists, would need those those young players because you want to give those reps to those people. But that's not... The NFLPA doesn't want to get involved necessarily because there's no reason... Once the NFLPA gives up control of those young players, they're what they're doing is they're taking opportunity away from the players that are already on the roster. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm a training training squad running back, if I'm practice squad running back, and I start for the San Antonio Commanders or whatever they're called, and I crush it. Let's say in my my eight-game career, I put up up 920 yards, seven touchdowns. It's pretty impressive. That... Certainly makes the team wonder why I'm on the practice squad. And now, one of the starters, one of the people who got drafted, one of the people everyone in the league thought would be better than you, is now going to lose their job to you. Right, because you've, you've, you've shown what you can do. You got another opportunity against equal level talent, and you, and you cut it up. That's I think that's a hundred percent why the players' association has zero interest in 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 playing ball, but it's not. What has to happen here is the NFL needs to. They've already in a lot of ways embraced the AAF. The AAF plays airs its games on the NFL Network. Uh, like I said, a lot of professional head coaches with long trees involved in the NFL are on are coaching these teams, Mike Martz and stuff like that. I think. The NFL just has to throw its weight behind it and just, just be, commit and and just wind up. This is going to be one of those things that has to be collectively bargained at some point. But in the meantime, you just go, listen, we as a team aren't going to punish practice squad players who play in in the AAF. And that takes all of the bite out of 
the PA's position because then those practice squad players can just go. Right. Right now, the NFL PA is literally telling its poorest members that they're not allowed to find extra work. We don't even make millions of dollars as a starter. That's yeah. too bad. We make we make be, be our ninth string quarterback that won't even dress every week. Right. You're talking about a guy who literally makes forty to fifty thousand dollars. Which listen, that's a living. Like there are people who make it on that. But they're trying to pursue their physical career. The window is always closing on that person. Right. There's a limited amount of time they get to showcase their ability. And you're gonna pay them forty thousand dollars and tell them they can't participate in more opportunities. It's a, it's a hard thing. It's a hard and harsh thing to do, honestly. It really is. And this is one of those times where I'm not sure I understand the NFLPA's position. But I don't think the AAF is in danger of going anywhere. I think they are coming public to create that outward pressure on the PA. Yeah, because, again, always talking about an issue always brings light to it. Exactly. And also what it does is it literally says, well, oh, really? You're willing to put these 200-plus players and all these coaches in danger of losing their jobs? Just because you're worried about 15 to 20 people every year? Right. I mean, it's not going to be a ton of people who lose their gig from this. I mean, even then, it might not even be that high. Because it may not be if the AAF isn't in good. Like this first year, I didn't see very good blocking. So, like, offensive line guys, you're safe. I didn't see great quarterbacking, so quarterbacks are safe. I didn't see a ton of impressive play from the offense at all. There's probably some corners. There's probably some defensive linemen who are going to get some opportunities out of this. Uh, one guy, and I, I wish I could remember his name before we get out of here, he was already a corner in the NFL, but he had such a drastic tear of his hamstring at 26 that it was re- going to require surgery and two years to come back from. So they just cut him. So they, they cut him, and he was done forever. So he's been on his path to come back, and the AAF comes up right in the cycle of his rehab. He's now 30, and he, he got two interceptions in the game I saw him in. A guy like that? He, would, he wouldn't be a, a, a practice squad guy. He would come back and he could be someone's fifth corner, play 12 to 20 snaps a game, matching up. I mean, he he's already understands the concepts, and now he's physically back from a serious injury. Right. This is where that is. That's almost the perfect situation for these guys. Um, all right, with that, we're going to jump out of here. And when we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is now officially open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. This Saturday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! And next Saturday, they've got Pokemon, and those are going to alternate every weekend after that. And coming up next week, check out Hellboy Day on March 23rd with freebies available, including Hellboy buttons, bookmarks, amongst other things. Make sure to make this place your new store and open a pool box with The Adventure Begins. They're offering a 10% discount for a limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. 
So if you're an X-Men guy, they'll hold your X-Men for you. So get on 1488 and enter the Nerdvana you deserve where the adventure begins. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. They wanted that, that, that. Ooh, hot stuff all over my nachos, walking like a taco, driving over Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. That's me. You are listening to us on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. True. Uh, check us out at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Also true. Uh, we, we don't tell a lot of lies here. Nope, not at all. Uh, and one thing I do need to tell you is get out there to the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more. It's now officially open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, the Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. This Saturday, they're going to have Yu-Gi-Oh! going on. And coming up next week, they're going to have a bunch of stuff happening. Um, they literally just did the midnight release of the Batman 1000. Detective Comics issue 1000. Not too far after the Action Comics. Yeah, this is kind of a big year, 2018, for both of those guys. 19, 2019. 2019. Wow, did I really? I did that, huh? Man. <laughs> Three months it's been 2019, and I still don't know what year it is. 2018 can go die in a hole. I'm lost. I'm lost. That was the worst year ever. <laughs> yeah, it uh, didn't have a good ending. I'll give you that. Um, so make sure to make this place your new store and open a pull box with The Adventure Begins. They're offering 10% discounts for a limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. So get your collection going, get that 10% off discount, and hold on to it forever. That's such a good deal, by the way. The 10%? I think so. And I th- like like people it stacks up really well. Exactly. Uh, and then most importantly, it is the fact that it never goes away. Right. So like you get to hold on to it for a while. Uh, as long as you keep your box up to date, they're not going to take your discount away. So get on 1488 and enter the Nerdvana you deserve where the adventure begins. That's such a good line. Thank you. Did I, you write uh, that yourself? I did. I did. They were happy with it, though. I, I showed it to them. I said, it's good. And they said, yes, did I go do, did I do good? <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did I do good? I'm a lost boy. Um, speaking <laughs> speaking of lost boys, uh, the notorious Connor McGregor. Oh, really? What's he up to? Uh, he announced his retirement. Oh, wow. Surprising. <laughs> he made millions of dollars fighting people, got into a bunch of trouble, and then left. Amazing. Um, I don't know how to take this. Uh, he retired once already around 2016. It was after he had fought Floyd Mayweather, and I th- he either made 50 or $100 million. I don't remember which off the top of my head. I don't think it's really a big deal either way. It's a crazy amount of money. Um, from that fight. Yep. From that fight, he also went ahead and kind of built a little bit of an empire. Uh, you will notice them on commercials selling uh, Proper 12, which is the Irish whiskey distilled in the oldest distillery in all of Ireland. Um, Proper 12. Um, Excellent. So I think I think he bought the oldest distillery in Ireland, and I think he bought a company that was already making whiskey, and I think he kind of stuck them together. Um, big math. Yeah. Uh, that's what the big money does for you, though. Um, and, and the proper 12 whiskey is doing great. Right. It's doing great. Um, so when he retired then, he was having trouble getting the number he wanted for his fight. And honestly, I kind of get it. Like, 
He's not even a boxer, but he made and again I don't remember now off the top of my head either fifty or hundred million dollars. Either way, right? He made uh, an obscene amount of money in a short amount of time. Generationally changing money in one night. Boxing, not even fighting. Now go back to fighting the thing you're good at, and he was having trouble getting the number he wanted. Eventually, he got it. And him and Nate Diaz met up. Uh, this is the fight where he beat Nate Diaz, I believe. Yeah, because he lost the first one. He lost the first one, but the first one was a last-minute change, and he agreed to take it with no training. And the second one, I believe, he won. No. Did they fight three times? Now that we're talking about it, uh, I think they only fought twice. No, they only fought twice. And they each won one. Um, yeah, they only fought twice. Because he lost the first one and he pretty, won the second pretty badly. One. Yeah. But then the second one, he came back really strong. He did. And and then now it's kind of, it is what it is. Nate Diaz, after that, Nate Diaz got a little full of himself. And his brother got off suspension. And, and I think they just, after that, they didn't really have a direction. Right. That's poor planning. Like, that's where a good manager gets you your next gig. Um... So he's gotten in trouble a little bit here lately, and when he finally came back to UFC in 2018, he lost his fight against Habib. And if you remember, coming up to that fight, he wa- he got arrested, and UFC was like, "We're done with him" because he threw a thing through a window, and he had to pay a bunch of people off, basically. Um, Smart move, by the way. Well, it built up that fight, so I'm willing to it bet. Sure he, did. I'm willing to bet he got reimbursed for every dollar he lost to fight Habib. I bet I bet fighting Habib put him right back where he was before he didn't fight Habib. That's fair. Um but that it created all these legal troubles. Um this year he's already gotten in trouble. Uh he got arrested recently for th- petty theft and criminal mischief. Nice. He took a phone away from somebody trying to take a picture of him. Um and he was upset about it and then there was issues from it. Um, it's always funny to be like, this man has millions of dollars, and he got charged with petty theft. Like it's, but it, and it, when you hear the story, like, it's, like oh, it, yeah, he sense. took he takes a phone away from someone. That makes perfect sense. But at the time, you're like, uh, yeah, you're like, how does how does a hundred millionaire commit petty theft? Um, but also apparently in December there were some sexual allegations, sexual assault allegations in Ireland. Uh, and in January, the police arrested him and questioned him, and then they released him with no further incident. Uh, so there's all kinds of people who are saying the reason this retirement is coming is because he's dealing with too much stuff. It's just soaked in controversy right now, right? And he doesn't want he doesn't feel like fighting makes any of that better. No, because you're like, oh man, controversial man fights again. Like it's almost almost not surprising anymore well yeah well it's not surprising but uh, you gotta go on these press tours right and then like not only are you gonna be asked like how are you gonna fight him what are you supposed to do they're also gonna be like so what about that allegation so what what about about the petty theft so what about this and um like once you open yourself up to interviews it's just gonna be a lot of having to deal with the same questions especially you know in a media that's very much like they go out and they harass you about it so many people who want to they want to know. They want to know. Well, they want to do the. They, I don't want to call it gotcha media because that's what certain people call it. And I don't agree with those people, but they. I'm do, sure some people are, but I'm sure there are gotcha media moments. I do. I do. I think so. But I also think a lot of those people who complain about them have created them and step in them themselves. Right. Um, like it's there would never be a gotcha moment if you didn't say something that was completely untrue and then have to explain it. Right. Hey, you said on Tuesday that it was going to rain frogs, and it definitely didn't. Care to explain? That's not a gotcha question. You opened the door for that. 
Um, and I think, and I don't think Conor McGregor would have. I think he knew he would have had to answer a bunch of questions. He doesn't feel like answering. Plus, is this fight what he wants? Like, who does he even want to fight again? But he had gone on Jimmy Fallon like the night before he retired, and said he's in negotiations for a fight in July. Uh, but I can't even imagine who he fight because after the loss Nate to Diaz Hab- again. My, I mean, maybe because uh, he lost to Habib, so he needs. My advice to him as a manager would have been: Let's get you a fight you for sure can win. Give me another win. We got to get you a win. We got to get you feeling right mentally because you're 30, 31, and the window was closing. And you got maybe four, five big UFC fights left in you. So let's get you out three or four in a row and a win. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't for the life of me. I don't know who we would fight right now because everything has been so... There's really not there's really nothing like he doesn't he doesn't gain anything more than like a few more million dollars right. out of this. Right. Exactly. Cuz it's not, it's not really good press cuz it's just another fight for him. Right. It like there's no one he's like had a beef with or like even exactly. really like So right here like where what where, what rivalry are you going to close? What what you always need to have a direction or a plan. A launch of some K. If we win this fight, what happens right. next? Because that was kind of the big thing about Conor McGregor and like his kind of meteoric rise was like it was a lot of it was like soaked in controversy mm-hmm. and like there was a lot of like things happening around him and like that almost wrestling esque storyline that kind of built up around it, it really pushed UFC forward into like I wanna say probably the most they've had in a long time since like Brock Lesnar Ronda Rousey days yeah right yes yeah from Ronda Rousey that gap between Ronda Rousey and when Conor McGregor fights those last couple fights that that's a hard gap for them because they it's a lot of no-name people I think that's why John Bon Jones was able to come back John Bone Jones I should say I think that's why the bone he, man because he has so much he failed a drug test and then there was a steroid test and then he's been clean now but he keeps failing him but he fails him because of the old test is still in his system and all this co- like complications and things but the window is wide open because there's not a Ronda there's not a Brock there's not a Connor and he's the next he's the other John Bon Jones Bones Jones whatever the skeleton man <laughs> um but he's the only other fighter I could ever tell you by name. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and and so like a lot of times when people take a step away, they don't come back. Rampage Jackson went and made the A Team movie and went and did something else. And when he came back, no one cared. He couldn't do it anymore. Well, he couldn't. He hadn't. He'd been taking care of his body, but he hadn't been staying fight ready. And so the it's a different, very different thing. It's a massively different thing. So getting into the fight camp, he went into his match and he got. I don't think he even made it to the third round of his match. And he was a bit, he was supposed to be the guy, but when you take that time away, it's hard to come back. And I think Connor he lost the match to Habib, and I just don't think he was ready to put himself through the press, to put himself through the issues, and to get himself fight ready again. Right, because it's a long and arduous process, especially because Conor McGregor is the kind of fighter who who that's he dedicates everything exactly. to that. Exactly, he didn't even want to go to Vegas because of because of the training. He was he was training already so hard that when it was time to go to Vegas to advertise 150, he's like, "I'm in the middle of camp. I don't want to go." Right. And they were like, "You kind of have to like you have to promote your fights." And he, I think they even wound up having I think the first night of promotions he was on uh, like live feed so that he could stay in the gym just that much longer. 
Um, and so, like to me, I I definitely think um, I don't. I, it's not worth it. I think you said it the best way. I think it's only a couple more million dollars in his pocket. And let's be real clear. To say this out loud almost physically hurts. But if you've got forty eight or sixty or whatever it is in the bank, and someone says for four million, will you come do this? For a lot of people, for four million, will you come do this? Heck yes. But once you get to the other side of that, for four million, will you come do this? Ah, uh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. No. No, I'm good. Uh, and I think that that's the hard decision that he had to make there. Well, maybe not even a hard one for him at that point, right? Right. It's not like he's like a million years old. No, and that's the thing is he gets to enjoy it now. He's 30, 31. He gets to enjoy it. How much time do we have here? Uh, just zero seconds. All right, so we're going to jump out. When we come back briefly, we're going to touch on the idea of these athletes starting to retire early and things of that. Uh, this is Nerd Talk Sports. We got more of it coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is now officially open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. This Saturday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! And next Saturday, they've got Pokemon, and those are going to alternate every weekend after that. And coming up next week, check out Hellboy Day on March 23rd with freebies available, including Hellboy buttons, bookmarks, amongst other things. Make sure to make this place your new store and open a pool box with The Adventure Begins. They're offering a 10% discount for a limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. So if you're an X-Men guy, they'll hold your X-Men for you. So get on 1488 and enter the nerd vana you deserve where The Adventure Begins. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oil wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. I want it that, that, that. Ooh, hot stuff all over my nachos, walking like a taco, driving over... Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. This is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's going hey. on? Hey. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, tell everybody about Cox ATA. Ah, Cox ATA. Well, you see, they got two convenient locations, one in Magnolia and one in Conroe. Uh, very convenient. You know, every, every you know, if you need, if you need some Taekwondo training, some Tai Chi, some sort of self-defense, they're the place to go. Oh, uh, they got all sorts of classes from from wide variety of ages, from three to ninety three. Uh, it's you're never too late to start training. Uh, you're never too young. Um, it teaches you a lot of self discipline. You know, really motivate yourself, and really get a head start in your training. You mentioned Nerd Thug Radio. You get two free weeks of training, so you can really get a taste for that atmosphere. You know, teaching the life skills, building the leaders. They leaving a legacy. That's right. That's that Cox ATA. Um, I was trying to pull up a list of like people who've retired early. Oh, 
Uh, and a lot of them are, it's all older stuff. Uh, but there's been a couple guys here in the NFL lately who retire. Well, okay, just this week, you know, Gronk announced a retirement. He's only 29. Uh, but famously, he's known for having never spent any of his uh, NFL money. He has been living off his endorsements this whole time. Uh, and there was a quote recently about it where he basically said, it's really easy because six months out of the year, I'm not leaving my apartment. I go to work out, go to practice, go home, go wake up, work out, go to practice, go home. Then we got a game. Then I come back and I do it again. So his routine is really set for the six months of the season. Right. The off season is where he gets to party out, and that's really not that hard to do. I get what he's saying. Right. Uh, you know, during the season, the league takes care of you. I mean, most of your meals are... You know, and then there's travel. When you travel, you get per diem. That's something no one ever talks about. The NBA talks about. Um, <laughs> a lot of the players, like, will bet their per diem on stuff because they make so much money and they don't ever think about it. But, like, because it's it's like a real job. When you travel, you get per diem. Your right. company's like, hey, you're traveling for us, so you can spend $100 a day reimbursable for us, blah, blah, blah. You get a travel check for that. I mean, that's just the way it works. So it's real easy to live off of the league while the league while you're active. And then use a little bit of sponsorship money and endorsement money, and then you never even have to touch your your quote salary or bonuses and things like that, which is what Gronk was known for. If that's accurate, that means that Gronk's got somewhere between forty, fifty million dollars in the Just bank, hanging out. Just hanging out. And then on top of that, there's all kinds of he's done some really interesting. Him and his family has done some really cool things. They've him and the brothers have also gotten involved. Uh, like they were on an episode of Shark Tank, things like that. Um, he also uh, there was the Gronk Brothers cruise, which was a party cruise. Nice. One of the cruise lines literally just gave him a boat. You know, he didn't get to drive it, obviously, but the whole theme was about him. So you're buying tickets to party with the Gronk Brothers. It's fantastic. Um, right. And I'm sure he got a pretty good cut of that. Uh, it's, it's things of that nature that him and his family have done. And he's notoriously not like a like a fancy dresser or anything thing of that nature. So um, probably a lot of money sitting around. Right. Probably Just a lot out. of money. Now, he talked about how like he probably will spend differently now that he's retired because now he'll have time to appreciate some certain things or whatever it is. Right. But that's fine because he's got $50 million. Right. He's fine. He'll, he'll be okay. I think he'll survive. But there's a lot of players now. Like, okay, so in the NFL, after your sixth season, you're now qualified for the pension and health benefits for life. So a lot of the players, not a lot, but in the past few years, there's been like a player or two every year who retires in that 27 to 30 range. And it's, it's I think it's these guys who's like, okay, I've got 15, 16 million dollars. Um... I've got good financial planning, and now I have health benefits for life, and technically a pension for life, so... I'm out. I don't really... Yeah, I mean... Listen, if you can't make your life right with, with 10 to $15 million in the bank... With health benefits covered? Right, with health and then a, and then a retirement pension coming your way. I don't think it's a lot. I think it's around that $1,200, $1,500 mark is what I've, is what I've read before. But that's that's monthly. That's thing you didn't have to do anything anything for. for exactly. So if that's your base as you're retiring, and then you've got the fifteen million to develop other opportunities. Yeah, I think that that's an easy way to. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, just take it. Just take what you get and go. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, dad always said, like, I always would kind of tease him. He would be like, oh, you know, if you win a million dollars, you put it in the bank. The interest alone is like 40 grand. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but spend a million dollars. But yeah, if you got $10 million, the interest is going to be, you know, you know, 200 to $300,000, depending on where you get your interest. Now it's all set up. It's a lot of money. Right. Some people don't make that in a year. Some people don't make that in their lives. Right. Um, it's a lot of money. So you don't have to do a lot at that point to be comfortable and to be happy. It's these people whose expectations get crazy that right. then force them to kind of turn around. And I live on I live on six mansions on 12 different islands that I have to take boats on, and I have to hire a whole crew to manually pump water through the house. Well, it's like... Uh, and it's like, yeah, you're going to run out of money real fast. Well, there's a, sh- there's a show... Um, that the roommate watches sometimes, and I've caught myself watching a couple of times, where like people work on the yacht, and so people rent charter the they charter the yacht for like these, they're in beautiful Australian waters or whatever, and they yeah, charter yeah, yeah. the yacht for the weekend. But the show is about the crew and their lives, and yeah. you know, but whatever, whatever. But chartering the yacht is like, uh, you know, you're talking about that's someone who spends two hundred thousand dollars on a weekend. <laughs> yep. So and then they'll tip everyone like. Yeah, they tip like thirty grand, and then it's chopped five ways or something. That's a crazy, like that's an expensive weekend. I, I mean, unless you're just that wealthy where you don't think about it, you know what I mean? Like, I have no concept of money or care. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of expectations, though, we're closing down the NBA season. We're are we approaching the end? We are. It's uh, let's see. They were forty four and thirty three, so that's seventy three. We're under ten games, so we're about two weeks away from being done. Oh. Oh, man. Eh, maybe maybe three weeks. Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. I never thought this day would come. And the Rockets have slid to fourth. Oh, now, no. they've locked in a playoff spot, but they are four and a half games behind Golden State. We're 47 and 28. Um, and here you were like, oh, we're never going to make the playoffs. We're going to be like the ninth seed. Us? Well, we were at that point. We were playing like garbage. <laughs> yeah, we were, we, were, uh, we were not doing great. We were... We were 14th in the, I think we were 13th in the West at the time. Yeah, and we were also like, it was it was at a time where like James Harden started to score. Like he's like, oh yeah, 50 points a game, and we lost right. two of them. Right, back to back. When he, yeah, when he started, when he started going on the streak of scoring, and everyone else was hurt, and we weren't winning the games, it got me up concerned because okay, if your best player is playing out of his mind and you don't win the games, then what does it matter? Right, and then he puts Cap- on seventy points, and we still lose. Right, and then Capella got hurt, and suddenly you're looking around, going, "Oh like, no!" <laughs> right, like who's left to play? But they've actually done a good job, kind of rebuilding this team on the fly. They picked up a couple guys. Uh, when they picked up Austin Rivers, I kind of teased about it on the air that it wasn't that big of a deal. He's actually been pretty good. Uh, and then they signed someone else. I don't remember who it is now off the top of my head. They signed one of like the waiver wire guys, and it's, it, that's been a help as well. But we're coming into the playoffs. Uh, one thing that, that does stick out to me that's really interesting, the Lakers won't be going. They're eliminated now. So sad. But the Clippers are going. The Clippers are the sixth seed right now. The thing that's interesting to me about the Clippers going, though, is this was a team that was kind of like half in, half out. Um... And then they traded away their starter to Philadelphia, and he was the he was their best player on their team, and so it started to look like they were the ninth seed at the time, and it started to look like they wanted to lose. Um, so it's sort of weird how they made a weird roster move to get worse on paper, but they got better as a team. 
and the opportunity they've they've seized it. This team, typically, the NBA is kind of typically known for if you're if you're you're not playing well, go ahead and just tank. That's fine. Go ahead. Right. That's fine. Uh, and it's really not fine because people are spending money and there's tickets and all that, and it's kind of an annoying thing. But it's sometimes it, you got to be bad to get good. But it's very typical in the league for it to happen. Sometimes you got to be bad to get good. Sometimes you got to be terrible to get good. But this time, it's not what happened. Um, the Clippers have kept winning. And I'm kind of intrigued by that. I wonder what kind of tone that sets for the league. Because really the last team who was known for tanking is Philadelphia. And they're, they're, they're in it. You know, they're, they're, they're having good a great now. season. They are third in the East. By the way, the Celtics are fifth in the East. Nice. They won't even have a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. What a what a fantastic world we live in. I don't know. I don't know what they have going on there. I don't know what they were doing, and it's just got. It's just not getting better. <laughs> it's for not them. getting better. <laughs> it just. It's not turning around, and I don't understand how that's possible for that team because they're a very talented roster. If you told me you were going to have those players on on that team, well, coming into it, I think everyone said Boston's obviously the team to beat in the East. Then Toronto got Kawhi Leonard, and everyone went, okay, well, Boston's one of the two best teams in the East. And they're number five. And they're finishing the season in fifth place. And it's sort of a, it's sort of annoying. Uh, because they're better than that? <laughs> but are they if they're playing that way? Uh, no. Right? Like, you are you are what you are, right? Right. Um, also, one thing before we get out of here, I know we're running out of time. The Knicks owner the other day, it went viral like two weeks ago. That he uh, he threw out a fan who yelled at him, "Sell the team!" as he was walking out of the arena one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, That's pretty good. I would I would tell someone that. So, well, what's interesting is he was he 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 wasn't rude about it. He just said, "Sell the team." The guy was like, "Well, you're being rude. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you out." And the guy's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's rude to tell someone to sell their team." And maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't want to say that. But if you're in sports, people yell worse things. Um, a lot of worse things, right? So I, I don't know that it's completely fair to say that it's uh, inappropriate. Um, but so the the video went viral, and every sports show just dogged Nolan to death about it because every sports show was like, "Well, he, clearly he's the worst owner in sports." <laughs> <laughs> so like, if he's mad that a fan told him to sell the team. The next three days on television were way, way worse for him. Sell the team. Right? Like, that's how it went. Like, he's walking off, and a guy, like, 30 feet away is like, sell the team. And he's like, what's that? And he calls him over, and he's like, say, say that again? Um, but, I mean, in reply, the entire sports world kind of vomited on him for it. And uh, <laughs> then they all simultaneously went, sell the team. Right. Well, honestly, I mean, in, in uh, Wilbon on – around the horn or on pardon the interruption was literally like, I hope the Knicks fans chant sell the team. Now, what's he going to do? Throw everybody out. Like <laughs> it just empties the whole stadium. <laughs> like all of you guys need to go. Um, he is the worst owner in sports. So I've told you many stories about the Knicks and how they've just been terrible for 20 years. And they're never, the thing of it is, is like people are talking about, well, maybe they'll go to New York. They're going to wind up all playing for New Jersey before they want to play for Nolan and the Knicks. It's like he blows it every time. Um, so all that being said, keep your eye on the uh, off season this year, and we'll see who goes where. But I don't think anyone's in a hurry to go to the Knicks. Sell the team. Sell the team. Uh, all right, we're gonna jump out of here. I hope everybody has a great uh, Wednesday. Man, my brain is like I wanted to call it 
Thursday, but it, no, it's going to be Wednesday. Everyone have a great Wednesday. Enjoy yourself. Get out there and have no, a good. It's, it's going to be Thursday. Today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. I like. I haven't. Brain my calendar magic. has been wrong all Brain week. My calendar has been wrong. I all thought week. today was Tuesday for the longest time. I I, I just did too. I ugh. no. I thought it was Wednesday. We can't. I can't get my life right. Anyway, uh, with all that being said, nerd talk. Oh, I stuff all over my nachos, walking like a taco, driving over potholes, hotter